This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Assembly. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to bethlehem.church forward slash south. How you guys doing today? Good. Good. Hi, Nick. Good. Hi. We got Stacy here. Hi, Stacy. Hi. You're wearing your Hawaii shirt. Is that for a specific reason today? Yeah. What happened today? The, the Hawaii team left. So I'm yeah. wearing the shirt to commemorate their leaving and- you had to get up today. like at two thirty for to see your, your kids off. Yep, to the Peter yeah. and Lydia left yeah. at two thirty a.m. for the airport. Yep, that's early. <laughs> and that's then, early. Uh, yeah, we've got Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, fresh off vacation. So, random question for today is: you know, you did vacation. Um, what is something? And it was like a staycation, so you stayed around the area, kind of did stuff with your family. Yep. So, what's like one of your favorite things? to do either as a family or just something special to do around the Twin Cities? Like if you could just choose, what's what's like one of your favorite things? Yeah, I mean, it's changed over the years, um, but we have two things that we do every staycation. So these are like the, the things that we're gonna do for sure. One of them is go to Minnehaha mm-hmm. and we, we have to rent one of those bikes Mm. You know oh, that your yeah. whole family can sit on. You used mm-hmm. to work at that stand, yeah. didn't you? I I managed that stand for two summers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, glad to see they're still going strong. Um, it is a workout, though. Mm-hmm. Holy buckets! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just sweating buckets <laughs> of sweat. Well, how much are your kids actually helping? I'm. You know, are you Iris carrying and, most of the weight? Iris and Stone were more helpful this year, but they they get bigger every year. Yeah. So there's more weight. Yeah, there's more weight, <laughs> and hopefully we're not getting bigger every year. But um, but they are, and so there's there's more weight. And it was this year was like, and then a couple times you look back and they're just kind of, you know, they're kind of phoning it in, and it's like pedal <laughs> <laughs> if you want to have fun. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do that, and then we do kind of the whole hike underneath uh, in the falls. And then we normally hang out at the water at the bottom for a little bit. Oh yeah. Yep. And then we go back up and get ice cream. <laughs> and uh, and then there's a new place, the Zwickies, told us about this place called Parkway Pizza. That's like a half a block Ooh. away from the from the falls area. Really? And it's awesome. I never so, heard of it. So we go there and we sit mm, outside cool. and we, we eat pizza. That's great. And then our second thing we do is we go to, we do a Como day. And so we do Como Zoo normally in the morning. And it's still kind of cool out. This year, the Sparky show was back. So that was a big hit with Apollo and Quinn. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's a seal show. It's oh, actually a sea, Sparky sea, the seal? Sparky sea, the seal. But it's actually, it. it's actually a sea lion. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so we did that. And then we go to the Como pool, which is awesome because they have, it's first of all, it's super cheap to get in. It's like $4 a person to get in. And then they've got all sorts of stuff for little kids. And then they've also got like these cliffs and these like um, uh, zip lines. Yeah, zip line. I was looking for the word zip lines that are, are Stone and Iris love to do too. So we hung out there. So those are the two things we always do. That's great. But we just kind of do adventures together mm-hmm. every day. Yep. Fun. Stacey, if you could pick something around the Twin Cities, do with the family or maybe oh a date night or something. I don't know. Take it whichever direction you want. Uh, wow. Well, Minnehaha is always a good choice. Yeah. Um, you know, walking around one of the lakes or something. Peter grew up by Nokomis, so yep. walking around that is fun. Yep. Yep. There's bikes there too. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. For me, I just don't know during the summer if you can just beat a good evening Twins game. Mm. I just love going to Twins games mm-hmm. in the evening. You've never invited me. 
You want to go to Twins game, Dave? <laughs> don't do it just because you have to now. <laughs> no, I don't want to go with you now. <laughs> I'm going to find someone else to go with. If you're listening, you're... invite me to a Twins game. <laughs> I thought you were going to say me. something about your boat, Nick. An evening on the boat. Well, that's fun too. Okay. Yeah. It's not really mine. It's my dad's. Sure. But anyway. Got a canoe. I do. Yeah. So anyway, we're here to talk about the gospel in Genesis. So that's the topic this week. Um, So we're kind of right in the middle of the Genesis sermon series. And we just wanted to talk a little bit about how we're approaching the series and what are some ways that um, Genesis points to Jesus and the gospel? uh, And is it relevant for our our New Testament lives? (laughs) So maybe let's just start with, you know, you can read Genesis as just like a history you know, like this happened and then this happened and then this happened and it's just an account of these people's lives and what happened. Um, and, it, or you can read it as just like, you know, these are good stories and there's moral lessons to learn. Um, so how, but how are, how are we approaching this book? How are we preaching through it? What's the goal? Yeah. I mean, to what would be important to start out by saying is just how we approach the Bible. Yep. Um, and uh, authorial intent would be a, a phrase that we talk about a lot. So we could talk about uh, Genesis, um, the author of Genesis being Moses, writing to a people uh, in exile, or not in exile, but who are wandering mm-hmm. and who are who are confused and, and looking for for God and who is He and what is He like. So we could talk about that. Uh, that'd be one way to look at it and say what what why would Moses write this? Why would he tell these stories? What's he trying to do? The other aspect would be that God Himself is the author of all scripture that, that these authors wrote as they were carried along by the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And so God mm-hmm. wrote, you know, there's 66 books, but there's really one book and, and it's right. all about, uh, it's all about, it's, it's God's account of history, but it's also God's interpretation of history. Mm-hmm. God is telling mm-hmm. us what he wants us to see in history. He's trying to say, here's what I was doing. Yep. Here's how I was working. And so when we take that into account, we can assume that Genesis is going to be related to Matthew and Genesis is going to be related to Galatians mm-hmm. because they've all got one author and they're, they're all telling one story. So those are just some kind of beginning assumptions you make when you're interpreting a book. Um, I think uh, one of the ways to view Genesis would be through covenants. Uh, we see some of the really important covenants laid out in Genesis. So... I think Genesis 1 and 2 is a covenant called the creation covenant. Mm-hmm. I think we've got all the elements there. We've got a, a king, a people, a place, and they're making some agreements together, and it's good. Yeah. It's really, really good. So it's, even though the word covenant doesn't show up, right. all the ingredients are They're are all there. there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I lean towards that being a creation covenant. Um, then we even begin to see, like in Genesis 3, uh, after Genesis, um, or in Genesis three, we see them break the covenant. I think that's what happens. Uh, yep. they, they sin, um, and it goes bad. And yet at the end of Genesis three, we've got this God who moves towards his people, covers them with a sacrifice. I think some animals got killed. They were covered with animal skins and, and he says, I'm going to send an offspring who's going to defeat this serpent that has just lured you into sin eventually. Um, and then the other two covenants I'll highlight, and then I'll let you guys talk about whatever else you'd want to, is, you know, we have the Noahic covenant. So the, the world has gone crazy again with sin, and 
God sees it and is displeased, and he says, I, I, I have to judge this people. I have to judge the whole earth. I'm going to wipe it all out, except for this guy Noah, who's been faithful, who's mm-hmm. been righteous, who's walked with me. And so he wipes out the, the, whole, the whole earth, um, except for Noah and his family. We could talk about all the imagery of uh, the waters of judgment and Noah is safe in the ark mm-hmm. and how Jesus is our ark that brings us safe <clears throat> through the waters. So there's just pictures all the way through. Um, but after that, God makes this covenant with Noah where he says, never again will I do this. Never again will I, I bring a flood that will destroy all the earth, which I believe is why we're sitting here today. Yeah. And why God hasn't wiped out the earth again. I don't think the earth has gotten more holy. I think that God's keeping his promise that he right. made in that Noahic covenant to uh, say, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep pursuing you. And one of the ways that, that that's necessary for me to do that is to keep humans alive mm-hmm. despite their sin. And then finally, the Abrahamic covenant. Where Can said, I, yeah, go ahead. One thing about the Noahic covenant. Would you say that that's like kind of like a re-upping of the creation covenant? Or I, yeah, I, I think it is a re-upping of the creation covenant um, with the addition of, I'm never going to do this again. Yeah, yep, okay. I think that's the, the different part that just isn't stated sure. in Genesis 1 and 2. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah. And again, we could, we could connect how he says, go multiply. Yep, <laughs> exactly. You know, be fruitful, multiply, uh, fill the earth. That's in Genesis 1. That's in, is, it, what's, is the Noahic covenant in Genesis 10? Is that where it is? It's somewhere around there, nine, nine or ten. Or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Abrahamic covenant shows up, I think. And I think the Abrahamic covenant is actually spread across a few chapters. Yeah. It's like, hey, here it is in 12. Hey, here it is in 15. Hey, here it kind of is again in the 20s. Um, and he kind of keeps bringing it back up. But the basic idea is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And we see that happen like throughout Genesis over and over and over again. And I'm going to give you a place to enjoy my presence. And and then he he expands, I think, kind of the offspring promise by saying, and this offspring I promised in Genesis 3, he's going to come through your line mm-hmm. eventually. And so I think those are the beginnings. If we're, if we're reading the Bible as one big story from one big author, we have this, this same one who's writing it, interacting with these people, making promises through covenants. And that's really the lens that we've, we've chosen um, because we think God did it that way to look at Genesis through. And that gives us lots of jumping off points to then go, well, how does he keep those? Well, right. Where do we see mm-hmm. that in the New Testament then? Where, where does he go with that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Stacy, do you have anything mm-hmm. to add or say you want to highlight well, I, I think we've talked about this before, maybe on one of the podcasts about biblical interpretation, but I always think of Jesus on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, and he's telling them, um, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning mm-hmm. himself. So right. all the way back, there's things pointing to <clears throat> Jesus that he was explaining to them that they didn't understand or miss you know, at the time. And so we can look back now and more fully understand what God was saying in the Old Testament because of Christ and the gospel. Yeah. So, I mean, I just would be fairly certain that, you know, Jesus on the road was saying, hey, Genesis 3, the promise of the seed, that was pointing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. And just at every step, you know? So... Um, <clears throat> one of the texts that always, I, I just love, I think it's Genesis 22, the sacrifice of Isaac. 
Um, just as a specific example, yeah. kind of what we're talking about. So God calls Abraham to take his son, the promised one, the one that is supposed to keep the line of promise going, his right? Only, his, his only, only son, son mm-hmm. and to sacrifice him on an altar. Um, <clears throat> and, and so they're walking up to this mountain, uh, which a lot of scholars think is the same mountain near Jerusalem that Jesus was actually crucified on. And, uh, Isaac is like, well, where's where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Where is he? And Abraham, I just can't imagine what that would be like, you know, to say, God will provide. Mm-hmm. God will provide the sacrifice. So just in faith, walking and walking towards it. Then he ties his son, you know, to the the altar, and he's a, raises his arm. He's about to sacrifice him, and an angel stops him. Says, "Don't do it. You, you basically you've passed the test of faith." And then they look over and there's a ram in the thicket. And so God provided the sacrifice. And so sacrifice the ram. Um, and you're left wondering, oh, that was a, a ram. Where's the lamb? You know, where's yeah. this lamb that was promised mm-hmm. that God will provide the lamb? And it, it just, you know, my mind goes straight to John the Baptist, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So mm-hmm. there's the lamb. Yep. Mm-hmm. So even that, that whole sacrifice story, Abraham walking in faith, God providing the sacrifice and then pointing forward yep. to the one true lamb. It's right there in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And yep. fulfill again, through the covenantal lens, just keeping his promise, fulfilling his line of promise yep. Yep. every step of the way. And I mean, we'll talk about this in the sermon when we get there, but it's even bigger than just death. Mm-hmm we find out that Abraham was believing in the resurrection. Right. Which is a, which is crazy too. You know, in, mm. in Hebrews 11, you can go and find out that I think Abraham's mindset was not, well, hopefully God provides a substitute. I think Abraham's uh, mindset at this point, which is amazing which, what we've learned about Abraham, that mm-hmm. his mindset was, I'm going to have to kill my son. Mm-hmm. But... God's made a promise, so it must be that he'll be resurrected. He'll bring him back. Yep. There must mm-hmm. be a resurrection after this death, which is a pretty, which is pretty cool imagery. True, God sacrificing his, his yeah. son. So that we're we're ready. And then resurrection. We're ready when Jesus comes. You know, as we're reading the story to go. <laughs> well, you know, every death can be fixed by a good resurrection. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I think. Um, so it's it's just the, these foretastes um, that God's giving us in real history, in real yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? The saying? There's nothing that happens to you in this life that a good resurrection can't fix. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe just a good way to end mm. this. What are some? Are there some texts in the New Testament that pick up on the things that we've been talking about? Like how? How do the New Testament authors look back at these stories in Genesis and see them connected to the gospel? Where would you go? Yeah, I mean, people are probably sick of me going to Galatians 3 at this point, but I think- It's I think, just so explicit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. So I, I think that you can um, go to Galatians 3, and really the whole chapter is about it. It's really Paul unpacking it for us, um, but I'll, just, I'll go to a couple of verses in particular. So um, like Galatians 3, 8, <laughs> the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith- so he's saying scripture is anticipating God's going to do this justifying work. Preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So that's the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel was preached right. to Abraham. Mm-hmm. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, 
the man of faith. So that's one place, verse 13 um, and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can go down to verse, um, I guess, verses 20. Eight and 29, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean, those three verses, it's, it's like God's going, that's what I was doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was preaching the gospel to Abraham. Now you're partaking the promise. You have the same faith he had, and I justify you as one of those, uh, a- as part of my promise to him that I would bless all the nations. The blessing comes in Christ to you that by faith you're now in the family. Mm. Yep. Really, really good news. That is really good news, yep. Mm. Stacy, does anything come to mind for you? Or mm, Not offhand right now. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I mean, I think of that one, um, I think of Romans 4. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, he's talking about what then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh. The answer is nothing. <laughs> Um, and it says, for what does it say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Not of the one who works, his wages are counted not as a gift, but as his due. Mm-hmm. But the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what Abraham mm-hmm. did. He was justified by faith. We're justified by faith. And we become partakers in his, that promise. And then, you know, the author of James in James 2 mm-hmm. makes the same argument. Um, but to highlight your faith can't be alone, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not just mere intellectual assent. And he uses the example of Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, but Abraham's believing was doing. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. going to the land. It was sacrificing his son. So his faith was always shown by the, the works that accompanied it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he picks up on that same thing and says, no, Abraham was justified by faith and that faith worked. Right. And another way to say it is, is Hebrews 11, right? Yep. I mean, what is faith? And then what Hebrews 11 points out is, what did they do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did they do? Um, and I, I even think too, so we've talked a lot about even the, the, the way the New Testament points out, like the promise of this people. Mm-hmm. I think it even picks up on like the, the place part too in Romans 4 where it talks about um, in verse 13, the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world, not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So I think that as they're promised this place, what happens in the new covenant that is an expansion of the Abrahamic covenant is the place now is the world. You're going to get the world. You're not just going to get this little section, you're going to get the whole world. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to be for this small national people and anyone who joins it. It's going to be for any who come in mm-hmm. by faith. So they all get expanded yep. and it all is purchased through Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. So the gospel's everywhere in Genesis is what we're saying. And it's all pointing to Jesus, line of promise. God is keeping his promises and it's fulfilled in Christ. So that's really, really good news. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time.